Dear listeners, welcome to the Create to Heal podcast, where we have conversations from the heart about life and leadership. Each episode, we explore what creativity and healing means to our invited guests. We invite people from all walks of life to join us, from all industries and all experiences. We always use poetry and creativity to engage audience participation. We look forward to connecting with you and sharing your gems of joy. Hey, everyone. I'm Patricia Barga. And I'm Melody Wong. And we are your co-hosts. Welcome to another episode of the Create to Heal podcast. In this episode, we are so excited to be speaking with our wonderful guest, Mikey Pearson. Mikey is a business leader, coach, and consultant, in my estimation, one of the finest facilitators you can work with. He not only inspires passion and integrity and an elevated approach to life, he exemplifies these values. And as we all know, creativity in business is a wonderful talent to have. Mikey has the astute financial skills and the creative visionary skills. Before I get way out of control here and wax poetic, I'm going to turn it over to Mikey so he can tell you about himself. He can tell you his story, which, by the way, includes politics. Mikey, welcome to the Create to Heal podcast. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Melody. It's great to be here. So should I just take it and you want it, you want you want a little five cent tour of me? We want the hundred dollar. set tour of you the hundred million dollar tour of you okay um wow where do i start you know how how long is this like four hours long i hope because go yeah we'd love to have you our season two will be done (laughs) i'm just i don't know why it's hitting me right now but i'm gonna start the story with i feel like i've always felt like i won a raffle ticket that doesn't even exist I was born and raised in Malibu. I'm adopted. And despite all the dysfunction we all experience getting to the age, whatever age we are now, it was, you know, how lucky am I? Um, And that's always been kind of a guiding light for me. Um, My dear sister, who's, I just suspect, not listening to this podcast at all, um, had a much more difficult life for whatever reason. And I got to see that my entire life growing up. And it just, it allowed me to know I did not want to take a path like she took. And um, after graduating UC Santa Cruz with a degree in psychology, I have since then pretty much owned my own businesses the entire time. And I was very fortunate at an early part of my career to meet a mentor who came into my business, which was a surf, skate, and snowboard business in Santa Monica. And he did a wonderful job of letting me know that though I knew how to sell a bunch of stuff, that I really didn't know anything about business. And he was correct. And I hired this guy with money I didn't have. And he taught me the skills of business, which was for me, the easy part. You know, I've always kind of loved math. I've always been pretty much of a geek. And um, what he really did though, is he taught me the mindset of business which was really the mindset of communication and leadership. And that changed my world, changed my business extensively. Um, It allowed me to recognize that my employees, of which I hired about 830 years, um, were all at risk, if for no other reason than their age. 
And over those 30 years, we actually lost 10 people that had worked with us and were close, sort of part of our work family. And at the same time, I uh, performed, I think, 16 of their weddings as a lay minister. So it was real life. And yet around a very successful business where we achieved our goals, which was become, be named the best surf, skate and snowboard shop in America. And we got that distinction one year. And that, that, I don't know, it was a great accomplishment. So learning about leadership and communication at work allowed me to also realize at some point I got really good at doing at work and growing teams and growing people and evolving the business. And then I realized driving home one day, wow, I'm really good at this at work. I'm not very good at it at home. <laughs> so led me on a, ver- uh, on a journey to sort of figure that out. And, you know, I started to work on it at home. It's, I'm still working on it every day. How to, how to be more authentic and honest and, and, and deep in my communications. And uh, then I realized sort of the graduate class was sort of how do you take that same intention and those thoughts to the relationship with your parents and all the historical patterns and all the stuff we all go through. So with that, at some point, I, I sold that business. It was time to move on. And the meanwhile, you alluded to politics. I, I did get very involved in local politics and was elected to the city council in Malibu and and uh, had a turn as mayor all during the Woolsey fire time and right into the pandemic. So that was exciting. Um, but it was another version of me trying to take my desire to help people to another level. And in, in the political arena, if you're helping people, you've probably earned it because it's really difficult. Um, just the way politics work. It's not easy. So I really, I love that. I I think I have a, genet- a genetic default or it feels like it to gravitate towards the most difficult situations possible. Not that I'll always solve them, but I just can't stand being on the sidelines. I like to dive right into the middle. Um, and that's what I do with my clients. Um, I guess while I uh, ran my surf shop I also started a nationwide action sports um, retailers association. And somehow my job became going around the country to trade shows and teaching other retailers, some of them way more famous than I was, how to run their business and realizing they were just like I had been. They knew how to sell lots of stuff, but they knew nothing about business. And I noticed when I was giving these seminars and talks, it always came back around to leadership and communication. And so when I sold that business, I guess it was obvious to other people besides me that uh, I should be a business coach, which when I first heard that, I thought, what are you talking about? I I own a surf shop. What makes that person become a business coach? Um, But they were right. And um, now I work with clients all over the country. I, I mostly work with either small businesses or solopreneurs. Startups sometimes um, work uh, also helping young adults sort of find their path um, when they're a bit lost. I occasionally work with a, a rehab in the area. Um, so that's kind of my journey. And, you know, I know my why every day is to try and improve the lives of people around me. And so that's what I attempt to do. And um, I don't know, feel free to ask any questions on that. 
Well, a couple of things steel. strike me and knowing you as, um, and not super duper well, but I've been fortunate to work with you and have a great sense of who you are as a human being and a coach. Um, a couple of things uh, strike me. One, you're talking about uh, leadership at work and then having great communication skills and being an incredible human being at work. But how do you take that into the home environment and other relationships, which prompts me to say, we're all one person. We're not five or six different people. And I think what I come to realize and what I know to be true about you and how you approach things, you're a human being first. You know, if you don't get that right, you're not going to be a great leader at business. You're not going to have a wonderful marriage. You're not going to have great friends. And uh, I think it's one of the things that really just just sings through when I've uh, spoken to you uh, over time. Now it's been a couple of years. I didn't. Um, just trying to think this the other day. I think it was 2020, 21, maybe. I, I'm not quite sure when Richard, our dear mutual friend, introduced us. And then um, helping people, yes, but you are so genuine, so authentic, and so straightforward. How do you survive the political scene, which is to be armored <laughs> and not straightforward and not speak your mind? How did you manage to surf those waters? A um, couple of things to unpack there. First of all, you're right. Your life is your life. And that's my approach with all my clients. And it's not lost to me that most people hire me for some version of they want to sell more stuff. So the first thing I already know is there's a reason not selling more stuff. <laughs> and let's go find out what that reason is. And it's generally somewhere along the line of um, negative uh, sort of pattern habits. You know, we're doing the same thing over and over and not getting a different result or it's just uh, or that and a combination of trauma and trauma is an interesting one because what people what's traumatic to some people isn't doesn't seem traumatic to us but it is to them so it's it's a it's a pretty broad area and and a term i like to use to kind of raise the level of what that means um trauma doesn't have to be something traumatic happening to you Trauma is how you feel over something. Um, I'm already forgetting the second part of your question that you headed to. Well, you're so <laughs> genuine and authentic. And how did you surf the waters of politics, which oh, to me it, is never genuine, authentic. <laughs> I I think it it took it took me a while to evolve to the place where I could really own that how people feel about things, how they respond to things, the panic they have, the um, angst over things, the anger, the blame. That's that's not me. That's them. And I know when I'm doing my best that I'm not going to please everyone, certainly in the political arena at all. And I think knowing your North Star as a politician is once again another way of saying knowing your North Star as a human being really allowed you to head down the right path despite you know the beating you might take if you allow yourself to feel beat so i mean you can't feel beat down if you just decide you don't want to um so uh 
I think that's it. Yeah, it, it did get really ugly when I um, was an elected official. There was there was some stuff that was really unfortunate and unnecessary, some behavior that was just, just horrifying. And yeah, that's no fun. But still, that's why knowing your North Star politically is important. But it's just the same thing with having your family, with your business, with your friend groups, with your parents. It's all the same thing. It's just maybe different words, maybe different history, maybe different locations. There's a lot of differences, but really it's the same thing. That's how I look at it. Uh, beautifully said. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Melody before I ask the very first question. Okie dokie. Yeah, thank you, Mikey, for sharing with us your background. It's really exciting to hear about it and just hearing you speak, I can already sense the spark that you take with you when you work with your clients. You've got that vision just to help people um, reach the full embodiment of what they could be and reach their own vision of success. So um, thank you for taking that genuine and authentic self with you um, and just using that spark to nurture and encourage others. Um, I know you mentioned that taking those skills and bringing them home, you know, it's it's always the most difficult sometimes to, to um, operate on the people that know us the best, if that makes any sense. Um, Absolutely. And I've experienced- It can be very, time. very challenging. And yeah. then it turns out that that's the maybe trauma or negative pattern you've adopted that is holding you back from everything else. And you just, it's hard to see. Yeah, that is so true. Everyone carries their own weight and, you know, um, we tend to be caught up in some sort of miscommunication with the ones that love us the most. Um, right. So yeah, that is definitely a challenge to overcome. Um, and you mentioned that you really despise complacency. You kind of gravitate towards the most challenging situations. So how do you um, decide when it is to leave a certain arena to go to the new challenge? Hmm. That's a great question. I mean, personally, I'm like everyone else. Sometimes it's what I hear going on around me. Um, with my clients, it's, it's no different. You know, it's, it's not lost on me at all that I will spend 45 minutes of time with a client talking about their 14 year old daughter and the, those issues, because that is what actually matters right now. And that's holding them back. Even if they ignore it, it's a, such a weight that they're just not going to be able to do the other things they want to do to achieve their goals in business, which usually involve helping other people and helping their employees and growing things, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. So, so um, yeah, interesting question, but it's just sort of, I don't know, an approach to life, I would say. It's, uh, that's why knowing your, your North star matters. When I wake up every morning, you know, I do positive affirmations. I, I have a, you know, a line in my cell phone that, that tells me to look at my calendar and plan my day emotionally and mentally with every single thing on there and whatever's not on there that I'm going to encounter so that I'm actively waking up with a system for myself that gets me into the mind space to be there for whoever I'm around, whether it's 
I know it's going to happen or not. Or that's my intent. Wonderful. You definitely sound so receptive to these encounters, as you say, divine appointments. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Patricia for our very first question for the podcast. Thank you, Melody, Mikey. Um, I just had to write this down because most people and most business quote-unquote coaches and consultants will say okay let's write down your goals let's write down your objectives go to it one two three hit it but what you said which is so perfect and really what we should be setting ourselves up for every day and the first thing when you wake up is planning the day emotionally and mentally and I think so many of us forget to do that I wake up and I go okay I'm going to listen to Deepak, but then I got to get, you know, I've got my five things I've got to do. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's take a little more time to plan emotionally and mentally. And I think one of the things that I've noticed about you is you have just exceptional uh, instincts and that quote unquote spidey sense, uh, spidey senses, your superpowers, and you use your intuition better than anybody. I mean, this is not just, okay, here's your plan. Uh, one, two, three goals. Let's get it done. It's as you said, let's dig into what's really going on and holding you back before you get to the, the meat of your business and how you want to grow it. So this leads us to our first question. Mikey, what is creativity to you? I love this question for myself. I appreciate it. I really spent a little time thinking about this. Because I don't, in sort of the way I admire, consider myself a very creative person. I can't draw Mr. Stickman. I just, you know, I'm not that kind of creative. But That's not so, creativity, Stickman. <laughs> it would be for me. Um, <laughs> but creative creativity for me is the ability to sort of generate unique and original ideas or solutions kind of by combining existing knowledge and experiences in new ways, new, maybe innovative ways. Um, I think creativity involves thinking outside the box, obviously breaking those conventional patterns, some of which are good, some of which aren't, and just sort of embracing new perspectives. So I would say creativity for me is a kind of a dynamic process and it can be expressed in all sorts of different ways, you know, in the ways I admire so much through art, through invention, through and in business, through problem solving and imaginative thinking. And, uh, you know, it sort of leads you on this exploration and development of new possibilities. And one of the three tenets of my coaching sort of to go along with that is that all challenges are opportunities. And uh, that's just, I don't know. So that I, maybe I'm going to start inserting the word creativity more because I'm ordered. <laughs> well, you bring up a beautiful point and it's interrupting uh, old patterns. Uh, there's a guy I'm sure Melody knows, and you may know of him as well. He's one of the great designers of uh, Silicon Valley, David Kelly. I think he designed the mouse and a lot of things for Apple, et cetera. And he used to tell his people, okay, you're not sitting at your desk. You're going outside and you're walking, you're gonna walk around and get into a meditative state and let the ideas percolate or go to your favorite store, go to the mall, just look and see how people are interacting with products. What are they drawn to? 
and just observe. And I thought, what a brilliant thing to do. And he started this years and years and years ago of disrupting that pattern. And so many of us, myself included, okay, let's go to the computer. <laughs> let's get on it. You know, there's the emails. It's like, no, I'd probably be much better served if I just went and walked around the block and came back. So thank you for bringing that up. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful point. Right. I, I think too, being curious too is, it maybe fits into my definition for creativity wanting to ask deeper level questions and being trying not to get let myself get caught in my own biases um and just be open to really listen which is as we all know is a difficult skill um takes intention and practice it certainly does for me not to sort of be planning what i want to say back but really just listening um so i think that ability to ask questions and, and he says something about being being intuitive and it's funny, I've never embraced that I'm intuitive. I, I don't know why. It, I, I, I almost feel like if I started thinking of myself as intuitive, it'd be a cop out on really listening and going deeper and asking the right questions, um, trusting my intuition. I, I would rather not think that way for me. I would rather just keep my mind open and really listen and ask questions. Um, so maybe that's one way I'm creative. I'm not sure. No, it's interesting. Intuition to me is exactly what you said. You, you intuit that you need to be quiet and still and listen and have an enlightened listening approach to things. Um, Melody and I often talk about enlightened listening, which is um, I'm just going to, blurt this out, be still and know that I am God, however you define God, uh, mm -hmm. ask a question, pray, um, and just listen from your heart, not your head, as I know you do. And intuition, I guess, to me is listening from your heart, as you do, Mikey, uh, as I know Melody does. And I know that's where some of her most beautiful poetry comes from. Um, so you are intuitive. Blah. So there. <laughs> the reason i love being here already is i'm learning as i go I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway i'm going to shut up and let melody take it over thank you okay and that was beautifully said patricia um and mikey i love that you embrace new perspectives and you sort of break the conventional patterns and that's where the growth happens um, you mentioned that one of your key tenets is all challenges are opportunities. So my question to you is, how do you sort of pivot the normal tendency to fear the sort of unknown? And how do you pivot that and embrace the unknown um, and make that your exciting opportunity moment? Fantastic question. I love that question. I think, well, really, and it goes almost to the third question about the divine, but I really, I really think a lot about fear because to me, in, in my mind, fear is what holds us all back. Fear and the 10,000 words under fear are, is what holds us back. And I have stories I tell my clients of my own journey there and, and one of the ones is just realizing the fear of connecting to people I don't know. That's sort 
sort of thought, well, I don't know them. Why, how could I even approach them? What would I say? Or why would they talk to me? That's an illusion. It's, we put that in our head and it doesn't exist. Now I'm sure there's people on the planet. I could not pick up the phone and get a hold of instantly, but overall that's not true. Um, we can sort of show up authentically in life in different situations because we choose to. And that is taking the fear and just deciding not to embrace it and not to own it or not to deal with it. just, I don't know, not ignore it, but just move beyond it. Um, I recently started, I'll tell a quick story because I just love it. Um, I really recently started helping a rock band. Um, and I discovered this rock band bizarrely on TikTok. I was learned about TikTok as my client. One of my clients actually does quite a bit of business through TikTok. So I'm like, okay, let me figure this out. So I went through it and then back in January, I was kind of going through, and then I got addicted to like animal rescue videos and, you know, there's some stuff, heartfelt stuff. There's some inspirational stuff. There's stuff I, you know, I got sucked in like everyone else. And, um, and I ran into this live music that, and I didn't realize they just started doing live music on TikTok in January. I think I'm not sure when, but I'd stumbled into it and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm sort of thumbing through it. And I come on this rock band. I'm a big rock and roll guy. I'm like, okay, am I crazy? These guys are amazing. I mean, they are lead singer. Lizette is just transcendental. The musicians are amazing. And, and um, I start seeing the comments and everyone's saying the same thing. Who are you? You guys are amazing. And um, I came back another time and heard them live again. They're performing live on TikTok out of their living room. Like crazy. And I'm like, I'm going to get a hold of them. And I was like, you're going to do what? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a hold of them. She's like, what are you, some crazy super fan? I go, no, I think they're awesome. And I just want to tell them. So I figured out their email address, sent them an email, told them who I was, told them why I like their music. And I just said, hey, I think you're great. If there's any way I could ever help you, I want to help you. That turned into a conversation. That turned into them flying to LA for the two head people, Lizette and Miguel. They're from Cuba. They're Cuban-Americans. And uh, they flew to LA for like 12 hours. And they told me they're coming on two hours notice. I said, well, I'll pick you up at the airport and take you to dinner. And they're like, great. So there I am. I'm like, honey, I got to go into town. You want to come? She's like, you're nuts. And uh, met them like the most fantastic people on the planet. You, you know, when you meet people and there's like no pause between meeting and like you've known each other forever. That's how they are. And now, you know, me and a few other people were trying to help them become more known. And uh, our good friend, Anita, connected me, um, connecting them with KCRW. Um, and, you know, so I could not have done that in a, a lot of my life. I would have zero understanding how to approach it. I would have been scared. I would have had fear. I would have been awkward if I even tried. I would have been trying to sell something. I don't know what I would have done. So losing that fear in general with my clients, with myself is really um, something I focus on a great deal. <laughs> Maybe I'm crazy. Let's not, let's not leave that part out. Uh, no, nah, crazy is good. That's a great story <laughs> though. My God, I think of uh, our mutual friends, Richard and Anita, how many connections they have, not only with KCRW, but with all the big magazines, including Rolling Stone. Um, it's a beautiful thing, Mikey. <laughs>
So uh, before we get into the next question, sorry, I just had a final comment on that, um, you know, the fear and the 10,000 words under it. I feel and I sense that you have a keen ability to just jump in at the very right window, as narrow as it is. You see a spark in someone and you just go for it because you know that there's something powerful there. And a lot of times I will, you know, debate and just dilly dally. Should I go up to this person? And then you miss sort of the window of opportunity or that that very precious window. So um, that's really inspiring. Do you, have you always had that knack? Or have you developed that over the years? Oh, thank you for asking that question. Because I talk about this to my clients a lot. I had, did not have that ability at all. Zero. Not even one little bit. When I uh, was in college, I failed public speaking because I was too afraid to show up to the final. She gave me another chance. I did not show up to the another chance. Completely failed it. Had no voice, no ability to speak that way. Um, and now I'm ready to do a, you know, half hour to two hour speech on no notice at all. And I love it and cherish it. So everything I'm talking about is a journey I've been on. So my clients know a lot about my life because I tell the story of evolving to where, you know, I'm at and I'm still evolving every day, I hope. So, uh, yeah, great question. No, no. Not, not even close. No, my, my upbringing left me no ability to communicate effectively with most people. So there's definitely hope for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with intention. So I guess we're going to segue into our second question for the podcast. Mikey, what is healing to you? Okie doke. I, healing for me is, is moving beyond the things that you feel hurt you. Trauma, injury, the way your parents raised you. Um, so healing is in many ways something I'm doing every single day with my clients, helping them move past the things that are holding them back. Healing, helping them evolve, grow, overcome, forgive, move on not forget, but move forward. Um, so healing is a huge part of my coaching. Um, I think a lot of my clients are surprised and, you know, I, I, I try and let them know, you know, they think, you know, they're going to, we're going to push some light switch and their business is going to get great, but that's, that's not what happens. It's, it's a personal journey and a lot of it does involve healing. Um, it's finding those the reasons that they're not where they want to be and um, whether in business and life and relationships, parents, whatever it is. Um, so healing to me is, is uh, it's moving beyond that moving forward. Sounds like you hold space for each of your clients and everyone you encounter and you sort of allow them to feel their emotions and instead of holding them back, you can they can process that and move forward and really tr truly have freedom from all of that. I know so many of us are hurting, holding on to burden and unforgiveness for many decades, um, and oftentimes it's sort of like a security shield or a security blanket 
Um, but I feel, and I've noticed it for myself that unforgiveness, it, it's heavy, you know, it, it is really heavy. And it's sort of like that security blanket becomes like a self-imposed shackle. Um, so how do you um, honor your clients and honor their stories and just um, validate their experience while encouraging them to let go and have experienced true forgiveness? I think having the voice and the desire and intention to get into those conversations is where it starts and not to judge, but to be honest. I have one client in particular, probably three, and we've been, I've been with them several years, but there's probably three times a year. I'll look at him and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. And you may likely fire me. <laughs> he never has, but he just looks at me and goes, okay, let me have it. <laughs> so no, not normally my approach to sort of to go shock value, but yeah, I um, it's a journey. And if people are willing to undertake the journey and really commit to their own evolution, to their own path, to their, you know, it, it's, it's powerful. And, but you know, it, it, you just have to be at the place in your life when you're ready for that. And so for me, to be honest, I, I am, fairly picky on who I work with because if there's not a fit, if they're not ready, there's no point. If their walls are up, I'm not there to, you know, slam them down and, and, you know, go to war. That's not the point. So it doesn't work. Yeah. I think my clients are all on some sort of journey, some sort of path. And often I have no idea where it's going to lead. I have zero idea and that's okay. I don't want to know. And I'll be glad to suggest things and talk about things and throw things out. But ultimately, you know, as I look at their goals and I do track goals like every other business coach and or life coach, but they change, they evolve and that's fine. And that's part of the journey. So, and healing fits into that very well because it is those negative patterns, that trauma that really, to me, is what holds you back. Yeah, the the trauma does hold you back. Um, so a couple of things here I, I wanted to, I was writing down it just um, brilliant points that both you and Melody are making. Um, first of all, I think it's worth saying that you create a safe environment for people to let their guard down. Now that's a, a unique talent not everybody has. Uh, and yes, their shackles may be up, they may be in, and you don't want to chip away at the walls. But I think when someone meets you, feels your energy, um, and sees how you go about things, they just go, ah, I'm in a safe place. I can, I can speak my truth. Melody used the word self-imposed shackles. Mm -hmm. And you said, Mikey, moving beyond things you think hurt you. So these are very key things because... What you think hurt you is may not what really it's about. Trauma is the meaning you assign it. <laughs> so something terrible may have happened, but you could assign it something completely else, different, that's positive. Um, we all can recall horrible incidents and scenes. And the scene is not who you are. 
what happened is not who you are. It's the meaning you assign it. So both of you in your own way came up with some brilliant points there. Moving beyond well, things you think that, hurt you. Yeah. Can we take that a little deeper? Yes, please. <clears throat> I think what's really difficult for people is they believe that that voice inside your head that we all have is you. It is you. It is it's not intentionally you. It's not. <clears throat> and learning to understand that <clears throat> is yet another level. Because a lot of us think, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm all I've always been scared of that. Because mm. that little voice told you to. <laughs> you are not your thoughts. You don't have to be your thoughts. <laughs> exactly. And I know you both know that, but is a lot of people don't. They well, don't even think. when you know it, it's a it's a constant reminder. I mean, I know you know I, I, what I go through with my thoughts and uh uh, it's um, as trained as I am and as, you know, it, trying to be as aware as I can, it still is something you have to be mindful. It just doesn't happen easily every single moment of every day. And um, it is what it is. So right. anyway, this is good. Any more questions along the lines of healing, Melody? And I like, I think that you brought up that voice inside your head. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's just so deafening, you know, it's limiting, it's condemning, it's mm -hmm. pushing you into the corner and keeping you stagnant. And that ties back to what you say that you have to move beyond this, to move beyond that and truly um, evolve, you know, and overcome, move forward. It goes back to your saying that fear, you can decide not to embrace it, right? The default is to embrace it or succumb to it. And then you're sort of trapped in that cycle. But if you can acknowledge it and then you can, you know, slap it with another voice, a stronger voice, you know, I think that is really your sense of power your self-empowerment so, right yeah. um thank you for bringing awareness to that we don't often think about all the voices in our heads but that main voice that stems from you know god knows where it stems from but yeah um, i really think a lot about uh the book um the untethered soul does a fantastic job of I think breaking down that voice and the impact it has on many of us or all of us and, and what it really means. And uh, so I give a lot of credit to Michael Singer for helping me understand that at a deeper level. And what was the other book, the something experiment that he wrote? Um, yeah. What is that? the surrender surrender yeah, experiment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is all good in the untethered. So yeah, he's pretty brilliant. Um, so we're at our next question, which is, what is the divine to you? Divine, isn't that a great question? I love that. No one ever asked me a question like that. So I think it's great. Um, to me, what I think about, I guess, constantly every day is there's two states of being in my world, the way I look at the world. There's, there's love and fear. Love is love and fear is everything else. Rage, jealousy, disappointment, upset, hurt, betrayal, thousands of words to find fear. Um, 
So the divine, divine to me is uh, living your life internally and externally from a place of love, from a place of ultimate love and using that as yet another North star. So it makes it's a, I guess maybe it's a simple way for me to understand it. I was raised in a family that literally had no religion. I, they were, you know, chemistry majors. I have no idea, but, uh, so my path, my, my path, my spiritual path was, uh, was on my own and bumbled along and luckily met some great mentors and had some experiences that, uh, changed my life. And, uh, and allowed me to understand the divine in my own way. And for me, it's it's living from a place of acceptance and, and love for myself and everyone around me. And uh, yeah, think about it every single day. Well, acceptance and love, which is what God and Jesus uh, and um, however you choose to um, define your divine, that's what they offer. Uh, that's what they invite you into. And I know Melody can speak more eloquently to this than I can. Oh, I really do resonate with that, those two states of being. You know, um, that fear is what we tend to gravitate towards as humans. You know, that's our default fear of being. But really, just going to the opposite end of that, living your life from that place of love, that is so courageous. That really takes surrender. Because life it can harden you, you know, all the trauma that you've gone through, every just hard circumstance, people that hurt you. So it takes courage and it takes love to remain soft, resilient, receptive. And from that place of love, you're able to truly speak like a child does, right? To learn mm -hmm. to see the, the world in with new eyes. And love allows you to move forward in that seeking. Um, and I know that we've all heard that you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what we all want to do, it to do is to be set free, you know, to live untethered, to not be in bondage, which is really what fear does to us. Um, and the sad thing is so many people don't know that they're living in, in this bondage you know, because they're so used to operating from that mode of fear, of anxiety, of, okay, well, you know, this is exactly how I've been all my life. Like you mentioned that voice, and then they just, this is how I've been this my entire life. It's so limiting, right? And I don't feel that that's, um, it's devastating. But Mikey, you're such a light in this world, and you're really just pushing people out of that slumber state and saying, look, there's a new way. You know, there's a more life and abundance that you can reach for. Um, you don't have to succumb to that fear. So that's so powerful. I, I think another way I think of it is, and I tell this to my clients, is that I believe the reason we are here right now in these physical forms, having this conversation, <laughs> um, is that we have the opportunity to evolve. We don't have to in this life, but the opportunity is there. And, you know, some of us will take that opportunity in some ways or more ways and, and some people won't. And we can't always fix that or 
cure it. But, you know, for all, if we're all operating the word you use, you know, divine and towards the divine in the world, you know, a much different place, you know, it's uh, all the things that we can't fix and cure war, you know, disease, world hunger, are very curable and fixable. We, we just don't actually cure them and fix them. <laughs> and uh, because as a species at this point, we're far from there, you know, but uh, I, 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 I credit, I don't know how long ago it was, but I, on my journey, I stumbled into conversations with God at just the right time. Neil Donald Walsh, is that his name? Um, yeah, what, Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah. Thank you. Um, whatever. I don't remember when it was 20, 30 years ago. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's what I feel. I just had never heard anyone express it. Um, So I I really give a lot of credit there. And uh, I recommend that book to some of my clients that it makes sense. And uh, and as I do the untethered soul, there's a couple of books I love to recommend. There's some business books too, but um, no. No, no, I know not a oh, business. Please. Oh hell no! <laughs> uh, well, there's there's actually some great business books with very inspiring, and uh, um, but that book to me came in, into my life at the right time and made a huge difference. It just gave me the ability to talk about it and think about it more. Well, for those, um, and it's hard to believe that people wouldn't know what conversations with God is, but for those that have not experienced it. I mean, he literally was at the end of his rope, Neil Donald Walsh, and he sat down with pen and paper and said, okay, God, what the F do you want me to do? <laughs> what? I mean, he was really intense about this and he heard God speak to him and he started writing it down. He, um, and this is an over, overused word I know, but he did truly channel the divine and it flowed and- well, it- it was amazing. When you read it, it's pretty obvious that yeah, I don't think any of us, including him, could have written that. No, there's it's no way. Not, it's just, <laughs> no it's way. just not, yeah. not not to throw shade on anything, but that just doesn't seem possible to me. It's too deep. It's yeah, too, it's, it's deep. But the insights are exceptional. And but you think about it, how many people would say, "I'm going to have a conversation with God"? Not too many people would say that. I mean, he. He had conversations. And I think the other point is we all can have our own conversations with our God as we would like to. Journaling is a beautiful one. Forgiveness practice, um, gratitude practice, uh, any kind of meditation and prayer. Uh, I will say this because I don't think Melody would mind. She and I often will call each other and we pray together because it's such a powerful practice. It takes you from out of your head and that crazy noise that we've been talking about into the heart, the organ of vision that knows who you are and where you want to go and can illuminate that path before you. And it comes from a different place. It doesn't come from the noise. It comes from um, the prayer and the thoughtfulness and the meditation and the the spidey sense that you have, (laughs) your intuition, Mikey. Comes from the divine. Yeah, it comes from the divine. We love the divine. I'm going to turn it over to Melody before we uh, begin to wrap it up. Beautifully said, Patricia and Mikey. Um, I I will have to check that book out. I have not heard of it actually. 
So, you are a young little thing. <laughs> well, you, but here's, here's the deal, Melody. Um, it's interesting. And I, I, I don't have this all this proof on it. But there are books that come along, let's just say every 10 years, that are just for when you're ready to discover them. There's more books than those two. There's a ton of other books. So these books appear just to be there for people that are ready. And they speak in different ways and they approach it differently and they look differently. But the amazing truths, the clarity, the depth, it's all there. It just, we have to, I guess, put ourselves in the position and mentally and emotionally to stumble into it and then embrace it and pause and go, wow. So uh, there's lots of ways to get there. Those, I just shared two of the ones I happened to stumble into that really made a difference to me. I think it um, ties back to what we discussed earlier about that illusion of separation, right? And so when we encounter strangers, mm-hmm. instead of you know, capitalizing on their differences or you know, holding back because of perceived differences, we really are able to communicate with them so authentically, soul to soul to soul, because everyone just wants to be seen, held, and, you know, just allowed space. And so we hold that space for everyone we encounter. Um, and that brings us closer to the divine God. I, I think we've had such a beautiful conversation with you, Mikey. It's, um, it's been an honor to speak with you. Yeah, we don't want to let you go, but we know we have to. <laughs> I, I, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity. I, I, I love talking with you both. I've learned a lot, and I, it means a lot to me. It's really well, thank you. I don't get to have conversations like this very often, so I oh. really appreciate it. Well, when we first decided to do our podcast, we looked. Uh, we wanted to do. Port swing conversations, conversations from the heart. If you're from the South, y'all, you know, big, beautiful homes have the swings. And at the end of a long day, it's dusk and you're, you know, you're flowing back and forth in the swing with your best friend and you're just letting go and letting go. And then things are coming from the heart. So that was taken. Imagine that someone took our name. So we went with Create to Heal, (laughs) conversations from the heart and healing from the heart and leadership from the heart and anything that you want to tagline it uh, as being from the heart. And um, I would like to suggest this for another time and for our audience to ponder. I love this idea of what is forgiveness to you because it truly is a subset of what is the divine to you, as you suggested earlier, Mikey. And with that, we're going to say, wow, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been, uh, I don't know, I got my jaw hurt from smiling. I'm having such a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you both. I really appreciate it. Melody? Yeah, this has been such an incredible journey with you, Mikey. I'm I'm excited Mm -hmm. to um, release this out for our listeners and also listening and getting insight from your story and your mm-hmm. gems. So um well, wait, I have I have to ask one final question. Is there a book in you, Mikey? 
of all these incredible gems that you have, I call them gems of joy. In fact, we often will refer to it on our program, gems of joy. Yours are gems of life. Um, sort of. Uh, you're, you, you receive my affirmations I've put out several times. Uh, that's a book in and of itself. My so, goodness. Uh, at the behest of somebody else on that list who kind of beat me up long and hard for till I gave in, I've started saving those. I never even saved them. And so mm-hmm. I think at some point I kind of have this vision at this point of uh, taking those affirmations and, and finding the right artist and sort of doing an art affirmation book of some sort. Are you kidding and, me? I take my art and put your words to them. I print them out and then they post them right in front of my computer. Maybe, maybe we've just <laughs> progress on the book right now. I think, so. I think you could bring in oh you could bring in so many people to help you with this. That'd be great. Anyway, so that's that's a great book. Affirmations with Mikey. Art with Patricia. I'm not sure what the right title is. <laughs> anyway, well, again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, onward, my friend, ever onward. Thank you both again. And uh, I really appreciate it. We now move on to the flow portion of our podcast. Today, I would like to read two of my absolute favorite poems. These are both taken from the literature magazine Sledgehammer Lit. The first poem is titled Seeking Clear Margins by Krista Genevieve Ferris. A surgeon imagines herself in preschool, astonished by trust and the knife in her pudgy hand the moment before she deftly halves an apple. She learned a technique when she was four. Breathe in through your nose like an indignant bull. Fill your belly with enough air to burst, but don't. Be, for ten seconds, a deep purple balloon with a pinpricked hole above the knot in its neck. Quietly leak a hushed bubble that encircles you. Then, dear child, you're good to go. She sliced red delicious skin, shared fruit, cut more to extract seeds from the star center, walked to the edge of the playground's block top, towed a divot in the dirt, dropped the teensy hard ovals in the hole, hoped a sturdy giving tree could sprout from violent severing. She studies my chest. Eyes trace the ring around the rose-colored circle of my nipple. She leans in with keen scalpel, amputates, creates ambiguous absence where things in me might grow. The second poem is titled Snapping at Butterflies by Will Griffith. Dragging the old dog through early morning, I notice each step shoots a tremor through her soft hindquarters. There's no return to puppy days snapping at butterflies but there's still time to catch some wisdom in a long-armed net, still time to parry nettles and stings, track the river to a pool of follicled water. There you will find her spiraling indifferently, taking daredevil inclines like a veteran stunt woman. See how she glides over present, animating the past. See it all again. See it with new eyes, in a cabbage-white mind. Tensions melt, wing beats quiet lingering tremors in one undivided flight, in and out, 
of wild, wild grass. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Create to Heal podcast. We are so grateful for this journey and the time we've shared together. We invite you to send us your gems of joy. Please email us at pv at patriciavarga.com. My initials pv at patriciavarga.com. We look forward to connecting with you on our next Create to Heal episode. Thank you.